Hey love, welcome back. I hope you got to listen to last week's episode where I had the pleasure of chatting with local sex therapist Kat Fight. It was such a good chat talking about all things mental health related to dyspnea or pain with intercourse, pleasure issues, libido issues, some tips and tools and some awesome resources inside of that episode for the mental health and physical side of dyspnea. She is an awesome person. I really hope you guys got a chance to listen to it. If not, go back and listen to it and let me know what you think. This week, I'm going to air an episode that I recorded a few weeks ago, so some of the um, dates and what I'm saying doesn't really make sense, but I did just want to release this episode because it is talking about my own journey with a condition that I recently got diagnosed with. So I will let the episode speak for itself and kind of let you more in on what that condition is and how I am um, experiencing it, how I figured it out, and what my next steps are towards going through this new healing journey that I am on. So I hope you stay tuned and find it informative because this was definitely informative to me. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Desiree Cassell. I'm an orthopedic and pelvic floor physical therapist specializing in women's health, aka pelvic floor. I'm a wife, mom of three, foodie, lover of all things movement in nature, and I'm super passionate about educating, empowering, and supporting other women like you to find and maintain balance throughout all aspects of their lives without pain, pressure, or peeing their pants. And this is the Balanced Mentality Podcast, where we will talk about all things pelvic floor, your core, and optimizing your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery providing you with the knowledge and tools so that you can feel like the strong, playful, and happy mom that you and your family deserve. Now let's get you out of those pads and back to loving movement. Fill up your water, pop in those AirPods, roll out your mat, and let's connect. Before we start today's episode, just a quick disclaimer that anything mentioned in this podcast is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical conditions. If you have any questions or concerns about your healthcare needs, please seek the care of your medical provider. This is also a safe space where we will be talking about very sensitive but important topics, such as issues with peeing and pooping, relationships, and even sex. So if you have littles around, probably a good idea to pop those AirPods in. But otherwise, I hope you enjoy today's episode. We are well into February now, and if you didn't catch last week's episode, I am spending February talking about all things pain with intercourse, pain with sex, pain with intimacy. We call this dyspareunia. So um, last week's episode was just chatting about what is dyspareunia? Why could this be happening? I talked about a few of the um, conditions and things that can really affect our body and our muscles and our nervous system, anything from, you know, infections and different under, other conditions like endometriosis, interstitial cystitis, um, prolapse. There's a lot of different things that can cause and drive um, pelvic floor tightness and pain, especially with penetration. And this could also just be pain with pap smears. If you aren't sexually active or, you know, maybe sex is fine, but pap smears suck. 
this also is going to really help you because I really, really think that especially in situations like that, we are looking at more of the trauma to the body and the story that the body is holding on to. And then you're going back into a similar situation, getting that pap smear wellness exam and your body goes into fight or flight survival mode, it tenses, it tightens, and it's just giving you all of those pain signals. So um, most of these, or I should say all, I've never really found a condition otherwise, where um, especially if you have like an underlying condition. So again, things like endometriosis, fibroids, cysts, prolapse, infections, STDs, UTIs, you know, these all underlying conditions that do have like a pathological source are still going to affect the pelvic floor. So some things physically can create pain like endometriosis, right? Or fibroids. If we have something that is physically um, creating pressure in the system or heaviness in the system or adhesions and restrictions in the system like endometriosis, this can be easily um, understood is why it'd be painful, right? Like maybe you're even with prolapse, there's a physical change in the tissue. So you feel like you're hitting a wall or again with endometriosis, you can feel like you're um, hitting a wall or can really cause tightening and things like vaginismus where that vaginal wall really just closes down and um, we can have a physical change that can be super painful. However, typically, regardless of that physical change, the pelvic floor is also usually a source of pain because that pelvic floor and the nerves in that space, the fascia in that space are responding to that physical, that physiological condition. So with endometriosis, you know, we have those physical adhesions, but there's usually also inflammation and sensitivity in that space. So the pelvic floor responds by tightening and trying to protect, which again is just contributing to the problem. And so similarly, things like maybe we don't think it's obvious, like a UTI where we have an infection or a yeast infection, you know, if there's some type of, in, type of infection in that space, this, um, the pelvic floor also responds. So while it might not necessarily be the infection itself causing pain, which it usually does, right? Like infection usually comes with some itching and burning and urgency and other sensations that can be uncomfortable because of the irritation that it created of those, um, the bladder and the other um, tissues that that infection is associated with. But even aside from that, that pelvic floor is feeling that irritation in that space, causing it again to tighten up and create restriction. So we want to make sure we are always addressing the pelvic floor, looking at tightness, tension, trigger points, fascial restrictions, and just making sure it has normal mobility. But today's episode, I'm going to go off on a little personal tangent here. It's a little case study, if you will. I thought I was going to wait to tell this story, my story, um, till I got a little further in my journey here. So I had a little bit more to give you. However, realizing that this is February and we are talking about dyspareunia, I wanted to bring up this um, condition and something I've been diagnosed with recently. 
because this can cause dyspareunia. And it's just so interesting for me because being a pelvic floor PT, I treat this condition you know, pretty frequently. And so I've seen how it can present and how much pelvic floor PT can help. And um, I didn't really mention it in um, my previous episode, which is why I did want to mention it today, because this is something that can cause pain with intercourse and it can cause pelvic pain in general and pressure and heaviness. I have been recently going through my own journey and I just felt like this was a good time for me to share with you guys. One, because I'm just still processing through it. So it's going to help me process through this. But also because I do want this to be fresh and correlated with the topic I'm talking about this month and there just couldn't be a better time. I want to spread awareness about this condition and the different ways that it can present because I am atypical and not atypical. Honestly, the more I talk to the providers um, that do really treat this condition, the interventional radiologists that treat this condition, it actually has a lot of different ways that it can present outside of the more quote-unquote typical standard presentation for pelvic congestion syndrome. So I recently got diagnosed with pelvic congestion syndrome, and this is something that I treat. Essentially, pelvic congestion syndrome is varicose veins in your pelvis. Yes. Yay. (laughs) I have severe dilation in my pelvic girdle after getting some imaging done. And so I'll get more into the details of that. But I first just want to get like take you on a story on my journey so that you can kind of see how these presentations maybe could mimic some of your symptoms. And so my thought process is, you know, both as a provider and a patient, I'm going to just walk you through it. Um, I might have mentioned at some point on the podcast, I'm not quite sure, but last October, I had a moment where I was lifting weights and I do love to hip thrust if you listen to me at all. And I had a moment where I was pulling the heavy bar up onto my pelvis and it felt like there was a balloon about the size of an orange that just wanted to pop. And so I do have a history of ovarian cysts and I do feel ovarian cyst pain every um, cycle, right? When I ovulate, I usually feel it a day or two and the day of my um, period starting. And it I can even tell usually which side it's on. And so this was just a part of my journey. I've been dealing with a lot of this and I've gotten it to go down significantly because of my pelvic floor release work, my breath work, and all of the things that I've done to reduce any of the pelvic floor's response to this ovarian cyst. And... So I thought because um, I went and got imaging done because once I had that moment of significant pressure, it was a red flag, right? Like, okay, something's not right. Either I have a really large cyst or I may have a fibroid or worst case, it's a tumor. Like, I just need to know what's going on. So I went to a women's health provider and I got an ultrasound done and they didn't find anything. They didn't find any cysts. They didn't find fibroids. They didn't find, you know, anything that would have really alerted um, that similar sensation of pressure. However, 
the radiologist did a really good job and noticed, which again, after talking to the other radiologist, it was probably because it was so obvious um, that my vessels were so dilated that they measured all of my vessels in that pelvic space and they could have missed it. And this is why I want to bring light to this, because if they were just, you know, looking for a mass, looking for something abnormal to be seen in the organs, they didn't find anything. And so my radiologist did a really good job, I'm fortunate, and um, did diagnose me with pelvic floor congestion syndrome, which again, I've treated. So I was kind of like, as a patient, you know, at first I was like, wait, what? I have this? Like, shoot. But I took myself back into provider mode and I was like, wait, hold up, because the typical presentation for pelvic floor congestion syndrome is that you get more heaviness and pressure and bloating. If we think about blood, right, like pooling in your abdomen and in your pelvis, because that's essentially what's happening. Varicose veins are when that valve in the vein can no longer hold the backflow of blood. So you're getting a pooling of blood. And so in my pelvic bowl, I am getting a pooling of blood and that is made worse with things that increase blood flow, right? Like standing up and walking, gravity um, and exercise there increases that blood flow. So exercise also makes this pain worse. The other thing that really makes this pain worse is intercourse and orgasm because of all of that extra blood flow. And this is just not at all how I present. I don't have pain when I'm up and walking around, when I exercise, when I have sex, like that wasn't typically how I presented. And so initially, I put myself, my provider hat on, and I was thinking, you know what? They found something on imaging, but this isn't correlating with my symptoms. So I'm not convinced that while, yes, I obviously have some varicose veins in my pelvis and some pelvic congestion, I'm not convinced that this is actually causing my symptoms specifically with what I'm feeling, because what I'm feeling is very cyclical, feels very um, lower, you know, lower to my side and my abdomen, exactly where my ovaries are. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't think much of it. I also didn't think that, you know, varicose veins would cause that big of a sensation of pressure change in my pelvis because I lift and I hip thrust all the time and I never really felt that. But I thought, you know what, let's go see the follow-up because the radiologist called and said, my case is severe enough. They really want to see me. I need to go see a follow-up with the radiologist. So I did. And just this last Friday, if you had been following me on Instagram at all, if you follow my stories, you already know this story. So just bear with me. Um, and also just share because I do think this is something, the more I researched it, it is really underdiagnosed in women. Um, it is way more common in women the more pregnancies you have, right? And so, and I thought that this was because of compression of the system, the weight of baby, we're getting compression of all of those vessels, and that builds up a backflow of pressure, which can blow those veins and make them dilate. However, after talking to the radiologist, it's more so to do with the influx of blood flow and the volume of blood flow that is now in that space because of pregnancy. And so um, with all that extra pressure in the system, just from all of the volume of blood, it can dilate those veins beyond the point of them being able to, you know, retract back up and have those valves be functional. So each pregnancy you have, this can make it worse. I've had three. So they say, you know, especially two and up, you're at higher risk. So I think it was that in and of itself, being pregnant is what caused mine. I also have um, some history of hemorrhoids. 
And so again, kind of TMI, if you're not in, hopefully here, you know, there's no TMI, right? I'm sharing, hopefully you come and share with me. Um, but I do have hemorrhoids, which are also a varicose vein, a blowing of a vessel in the rectal anal space. And so I just kind of, it all made sense. I'm like, okay, this hemorrhoid's probably stemming. It's down, down the system from where my other pelvic congestion is up higher in my pelvic bowl. So it's probably in response to all of that backflow of pressure. So I go to the radiologist and I'm talking to him and just learning about, you know, that influx of um, blood flow and all of that. And I was like, yeah, but okay. Like my symptoms though, like they don't really correlate. And he was like, well, here's the thing. So what happens during ovulation and what happens during your, when you start your, your period, right? Like lots of blood flow, you have more blood flow during that time of your month. And so while I don't have a cyst increasing pressure enough for me to feel it, I have enough varicosities around my ovary that every time I ovulate or start my cycle, everything is ballooning up. So it is mimicking that it's still a cyclical pain and I'm only feeling it during those times of the month. And apparently mine are so bad that both my left and right vessels have created a collateral network where now they are connecting to each other through my muscle. Another reason I'm probably having lower abdominal cramping and pain. So come to find out, while I thought that this wasn't really causing any of my symptoms, it not only is probably causing my quote unquote cyst pain, which it's not, it's ovarian pain, which I thought it was from a cyst, but it's actually from varicose veins in that space. But I also have issues with constipation because of tightness in my pelvic floor. And what I know about the pelvic floor, whether it's constipation, a baby, prolapse, heaviness, weight, pressure on the pelvic floor is going to make it tighten up. I've been experiencing or tightness, but I've been having so much backflow of blood and buildup of pressure from the blood volume in my pelvic bowl. It makes sense why my pelvic floor around my rectum is tightening so hard and why I've had hemorrhoids in that space. Another symptom that I've been having is some kind of cramping in my inner butt cheek. Like there's like this tight tightness in my inner butt cheek that I feel like I just want to stretch out. I know it's my obturator internus muscle nerdy moment. It's a pelvic floor muscle. I do release work on it and it doesn't bug me that often. Every once in a while it cramps up and I get in there and I release it. I thought it was a completely separate issue. I thought my constipation was a completely separate issue from my cyst pain. Turns out it is all connected. My ovarian pain is coming from the dilated vessels in my ovary. My constipation and tightness is coming from the dilated vessels in my rectum and the heaviness and pressure there. The cramping I'm getting in my inner butt cheek is also coming from dilated vessels all the way down into my butt cheek that are inside of that muscle right now. So all of these symptoms that I had thought were kind of separate, I thought I had, I thought I had a pelvic floor tension issue, I thought I had like some constipation. I've been working on some gut stuff in my diet. I thought I had some cyst pain. No, it's all coming from these dang dilated vessels. 
And I don't want you to get too concerned, you know, because again, sometimes things like this that they find on imaging aren't causing your symptoms. And they like to just find something and say, yep, that's the cause. We're going to do a procedure. And then I see people afterwards and they're like, my symptoms are still there. And after doing some investigating, we realized they didn't really find the true cause of the symptoms. And that's what I thought this was. I thought that this pelvic congestion was just something they saw. It was like a red herring. It was just taking, you know, they're like, that's it. That's your problem. You need to get this procedure done. And I was just not really believing it until the more I really thought about it and talked with this radiologist and was like, physiologically, this does make sense. Like this actually does seem like it's recreating all of the symptoms that I've been having. So pelvic congestion syndrome is a real thing. It is super underdiagnosed. So even if you're not having those typical symptoms of lots of heaviness and pressure, you know, and this can cause bloating, which I've also been struggling with. Again, I thought it was GI gut stuff and no. And also pelvic floor congestion can cause IBS because of all of the pressure on the vascular system down in that space. This affects vasculature to the gut. This affects how your gut can um, move things through. So all of these different things could be coming just from the dilation in my vein system. So if you are having any of these symptoms that maybe you're not getting help with, it might be worth finding someone that is going to investigate a little deeper and look at your vessel health because this is just it's still shocking to me, right? Like I treat this, I thought no way. And now it's making me question all of my patients that I've seen with similar cyst pain and constipation, maybe intercourse is a little uncomfortable. And I'm just addressing pelvic floor tightness and tone thinking that that's really the issue, right? Which again, it could be the cause, it could be secondary pelvic floor is always going to respond. So we do want to address the pelvic floor tightness and tone and how our nervous system is showing up, how the muscles are showing up, how the soft tissue, all of that. But if we're missing the underlying cause, like in my case, having a lot of varicose veins, so much so that I have like a spider web network connecting everything, I'm probably still going to end up with that heaviness and pressure causing everything to tighten up. So yes, my next step is to get a procedure done. It's very minimally invasive. However, it is pretty intimidating because they go in through my jugular vein, so in my neck, and they stick a long catheter that goes all the way down into my pelvic bowl to help um, they insert coils and foam, a foaming agent that help to um, kind of close off that other collateral network so that the venous, the venous system can redistribute and go back to the main vessels that they're supposed to. This is something I'm still, you know, I'm like, do I really want to do this? However, if I don't do this, it's just going to get worse. My pelvic congestion, the heaviness, the pressure, it's going to start blowing the veins down my legs and I'm going to end up with more varicose veins down my legs and my pain is probably going to get worse. Um, my radiologist was pretty surprised my pain wasn't worse with how severe my dilation in my vessels is. 
Um, and so, you know, it is just looking more and more like this is something I need to do. I've done a lot of research at this point on the procedure itself. It has a pretty high outcome um, success rate from uh, 80 to 95 percent of people having um, significant, if not a full relief of um, pressure and symptoms. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that this is going to help change a lot of my issues. And I also, you know, prolapse is something that I have been managing ever since my pregnancies as well. And again, if there's heaviness and backflow of blood in that space, it's only going to make my prolapse worse. So I need to do everything I can to take pressure off. And it looks like getting this procedure done is going to be that next step. So I will keep you guys posted on my journey. I just wanted to shed a little light on pelvic congestion syndrome. And just, you know, if this is something that you think you're struggling with, reach out to me because there is so much we can do, even if there is something you like, maybe you do need to go get a procedure to fix a physiological condition, whether it's endometriosis, pelvic congestion, you know, that might be a step in your healing and in your treatment. But do not forget about the pelvic floor PT because despite that physical restriction or like mine's a uh, structure change, right? Like my vessels are blown. I'm still getting pelvic floor tightness and trigger points and spasms because of that. And that needs to be addressed to have that comprehensive approach. So reach out to me if you have any questions, don't hesitate. Make sure you are going over to the Balanced Mentality Wellness and Support Group on Facebook. It's private and free. I'm sharing all of my private stories on this public stream here. So you can come over to my private group and share your story. I promise it is so empowering and freeing to share your story and get support and just have an ear for you to vent about. So I'm here for you. I know you guys are here for me. I've had a great um, outreach and support from my friends and the people in my tribe as I've been navigating this because it has been um, stressful, you know, like I've never had to go into an operating room. I've never had to do any of that. And the thought of having something foreign in my body, I don't like the thought of getting cut into my neck. I don't like, but also the thought of having my prolapse get worse. My hemorrhoids get worse, have varicose veins down my legs, all of a sudden have pain where I can't really walk or have sex comfortably. Like I don't want to have to deal with that at all. Um, and so, yeah, you know, just, be, be an advocate for yourself. Obviously, I am just rambling on and on about this. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you found this um, interesting because I know I did. Uh, but hopefully it just also made you think and a little bit more about your symptoms, maybe even some family members. This specifically made me think of a few of my family members who have some pretty bad varicose veins in their legs. And I think it was coming from their pelvic bowl the entire time. So just a little interesting case story for you guys to digest. Otherwise, stay tuned. Next week, we will be shifting gears and be diving into micro fitness and how you can be getting in fitness in small digestible chunks throughout your day so it doesn't feel so overwhelming that you do nothing at all. 
Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I know you've got so many other important things going on, but I hope it was helpful and you leave here with some tools to help you in your healing journey. And I just want to ask you if you have found this helpful to please leave a review on iTunes. Scroll down to the bottom of my podcast page and leave that five-star review so it can help other women see this information. And also, if you want to be a part of my community of amazing women trying to balance all the things, great tips and insight and sharing stories and just motivating each other along the way, feel free to join my Facebook group, The Balanced Mentality Wellness and Support. I hope to see you here next time on The Balanced Mentality Podcast.